and illegitimate pleasures. Legitimate and illegitimate pleasures. Some pleasures are legitimate with God, and then there are other pleasures that are illegitimate with God. A legitimate pleasure with God is something that will allow us to take pleasure in, but at the same time not take our focus off God and what we're supposed to be doing for God. That's a legitimate pleasure. There are legitimate pleasures. An illegitimate pleasure is a pleasure whereby when we indulge in it, it takes our focus off God, it messes us up, and it causes us to defer or detract our destination and our mission that we have in God. That's an illegitimate pleasure, okay? So we have legitimate pleasures and we have illegitimate pleasures. But in the book of Colossians, the second chapter, verses um, 21 and 22, you'll see Paul speaking here. He says, touch not, taste not, handle not, which are, which all are to perish with the usage after the commandments and the doctrines of men. I think we all know that the doctrines and the teachings of man can really screw us up and cause us to perish. I think that we're all in agreement with that. I also think that we also understand that Paul is saying here that there are some things that we should not touch in life. I know there are some things that I've touched in life that I'm still trying to downlive today. So there are some things in life that we're not supposed to touch, that we're not supposed to taste, and that we're not supposed to put our hands to handle. And Paul is warning us here about these things. And most of these things, he says, comes from the teachings and the doctrines of men. Most of the things that we do are learned through the five senses. And then we get caught up in it because we see this one doing it or we see that one doing it or we see this one doing it or we see that one doing it. And we eventually think that it's okay for us to do it also. But not so. Not so. Not so. Not so at all. So here we are and we ask that, 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 that Paul is saying here, I, I don't want you to touch it. I don't want you to <laughs> handle it, and I don't want you to taste it. Well, let's see what's going on here about these legitimate and illegitimate pleasures. And we know that, like I said now, what is a pleasure? We, we need to know what a pleasure is. You know, when I looked up the actual meaning of pleasure in its original text in the Bible, the original, it means Pleasure means your inner being and the desire of a man. Did you know that whatever your pleasure is, that means that it is your whole entire being? It is the essence of you, whatever your pleasure is. That word pleasure in the Greek and in the Old Testament, the Hebrew, in its original form means your inner essence. Your inner being. In other words, it's your soul. 
So whatever your desire, your pleasure is, can send our soul either to hell or to eternal life with Jesus Christ. Amen? Because, see, that's why, see, God, that's why people say that, and I don't particularly agree with this. They say, God hates the sin but loves the sinner. Well, if God actually loved the sinner, which I know he does, but he doesn't love us to allow us to sin and get away with it. Amen. Amen. So if God loved the, 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 the sinner or the, and, and, and not the sin, then I could do what I wanted to do, couldn't I? And still not go to hell, right? But, but God, but, 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 but what I'm saying is, is that we have to be careful about how we allow that knowledge to infiltrate into our minds because, see, we'll say, okay, I can kind of, because we're always looking for a loophole well, to do what we want to do. Let's just be honest. Come on now. Yeah, we, all, we love loopholes. And them loopholes, you know, a loop. That's what hangs us. The loophole. That's what hangs us. Because we're always looking for a way out so that we can do what we want to do. Amen. Oh, yeah, 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 we, we, we do. We always do, you know. So, 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 so what God is saying here is like, okay, pleasure. Whatever your pleasure is, whether legitimate or whether illegitimate, your pleasure is actually the entire essence of you. And if your pleasure is illegitimate, and if my pleasure is illegitimate, then I'm going to be in trouble with God, and so are you. Amen? So here we are, and, 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 and we know that a legitimate pleasure is a pleasure that doesn't take us away from God and our focus in God. That's a legitimate pleasure. An illegitimate pleasure is one that takes us away from God, takes our focus and we fight with these illegitimate pleasures every day, don't we? I mean, let me just be honest. We're already figuring out what we're going to do next week. We're trying to figure it out already. And somewhere along in there, what we're planning to do ain't right. And we know it ain't. But we're still entertaining the thought. Am I right about it? Amen. You know. And see, this is why I love House of Destiny. See, it ain't never been about numbers with us. Because we know that one can move a thousand and put a thousand to flight and two ten thousand, see? Amen. See, God don't need a whole lot. He just needs just a few good men and women. That's all he needs. And we learned that. But with what we got, if we can just take these few little soldiers and if we can just turn it over to the Lord like the two fish and five loaves, we know that God will do what he said he's going to do. He's been doing it and he's going to continue to do it because there is no way, church, that this little church here on this hill have moved over 100,000 tons. I said 100,000 tons of food, medicine, and supplies around the world. This Little church. Do you know how much a hundred thousand tons 
is. I was looking on the news last night, and I called my partners, and I said, now, I was looking on CBS News. They were talking about Lecter County up there in Kentucky, and we do work up in Kentucky, you know, where they, um, Appalachian, they're having hard times, right? Kids can't eat and stuff. First thing I do, I get on the phone with my trucking partners. I say, look, we, 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 we got to do something about this. Because to me, it don't make no difference whether you're white, black, blue, or green. If you're hungry, you're hungry, you're human. And I go where God sent me. They say, well, why don't you go downtown? Well, we done been down there. We done been down there. We go where God tell us to go. You go where God tell you to go. You understand? Because the word says wherever God plants you, that's where you're going to prosper. So what do I look like going against where God tell me to go? Hmm? See, obedience is better than sacrifice. I'm laying in the bed last week. I'm laying in the bed last Sunday after church. And I take a little nap and I wake up. The Lord wakes me up and he says, go down here to Bradshaw Cadillac in Greer. Got a car for you down there. I get up and go down there and I see my dream car, right? Half the price where I contemplated on paint. I say half the price. Obedience is better than sacrifice. I'm telling you, I'm trying to tell you, we got to learn how to listen when God speaks and how to move. Now, I don't always do what I'm supposed to do, but I always move when I hear God speak. And that's why this ministry is where it is today in the world. See, I don't care about whoever comes through the door. I mean, I care, don't, don't get me wrong. But I don't let that dictate to me whether I'm going to continue or not. Because I haven't seen God do too much. You understand? See, see, my thing, see, I know in the Bible where Elijah told his servant, you need to lift up your eye and look all around you. Can't you see that there is more with us than it is with them? You got to be able to see with the unseen eye, even when you're going through the storms of life. Even when you're going through the storms of life. Because, you know, in the storms of life, if your windshield wipers ain't working, you're going to be in trouble. Right? So make sure that the windshield wipers on the eyes to our soul are in good working order so that when the storm comes, we're able to continue to go forward and see I'm talking to us. Now, God says that, okay, I give you a legitimate and an illegitimate pleasure. Well, let's look at Samson. Let's just look at some, some situations with illegitimate pleasures. You know what I'm saying? They take you away from God. Now, Samson, the word Samson means sunlight or window of light. Now, here's Samson. And Samson is the 13th. Some say the 14th. Some say the 15th. But I counted it up, and he's the 13th. Judge of Israel. He's the thirteenth judge. Samson's a mighty man, strong man, probably strong as an ape, maybe stronger than two apes. And one ape is strong as ten men. They say. I don't want to 
Go up against one and try to find out how strong he is. I'll put something in him before I let him get to me. Oh, yeah, I'll put something in him right quick. Put something in a man, too, before I let him get to me. But, but, uh, all right. Okay, let's get back. Well, my old ways. But anyway, Samson was a very strong man. But he was weak. We all got weak. Samson loved promiscuous women. I'm going to say how honest us men are. How many of us men love promiscuous women? Let's just be honest. Come on, come on, come on, men. Come on, come on, come on. Don't tell no lie. Don't lie, because God know. God know what we like. But somewhere along the line, we as men, and God working on us, God disciplines us that that ain't good. Right? So we begin to try to separate ourselves from that type of spirit, right? Samson wasn't able to do that. Samson loved. Promiscuous women. And he couldn't get away from it. It was an illegitimate pleasure that he had. It took his eyes off what he was supposed to have been doing for God. And eventually it got him killed. Got his eyes put out. He lost his strength. Hmm? Illegitimate pleasures. You know? He take the jawbone of a jackass and he kills a thousand Philistines. Like it ain't nothing. Just plow through them. But that promiscuous woman, it's something about her. The Bible says a whorish woman will bring a man to a piece of bread. Been there, done it. Been there, done it. Because that spirit in that will do something to a man. Yes, it will. See, I speak real up in here. I can't stand to walk through a church where a bunch of holy rollers faking, not telling the truth. How are we going to help each other if we can't speak the truth? How are we going to help each other? So we hide in the closet and then God exposes us. Because we won't tell the truth, then God will tell the truth on us. Now we're really looking like a fool. It's better you come clean so that when you are exposed, well, people say, well, he told you. That's why I always tell people, you look to Jesus, don't you look to me. Because I ain't good enough. I'm not good enough to lead you. Jesus is. And he can stand in and I can represent him and give to you what he gave to me. But you, you need to keep your eyes on Jesus. You don't need to be looking at me. You need to keep your eyes on Jesus. And that's what I tell all congregates in because sometimes we put these pastors in places that they don't need to be. And we got a lot of superstar, so-called jack-leg preachers out here that ain't got no word in them, but they flying in jets all around. Why would you buy a joker a jet 
that ain't got no word in him about eternal life. It's all about getting your stuff and you're going to fly him around just to tell you when the Bible done already told you in Deuteronomy 8.18 that the Lord God gives us the power to get wealth. Not no book, not no plan, not no five-point plan. If you do this, if you do that, if you do this, if you... No, if you delight yourself in the Lord, then the Lord will give you the desire of your heart, the book of Psalms. So it ain't no book that they can write that can tell me what God hasn't already told me. But the thing of it, I got a problem with hearing what God say, but I'll hear what a man say. Oh, I'll go over here and I'll listen to him and I'll go over here and they'll go run from sea to sea, from the east to the west to the south, seeking a word, but they ain't going to find it. That's book, book ain't. So here we are, Samson. And Samson has an illegitimate pleasure. He likes promiscuous women. And he go from one to another until, and it takes his focus off God. And instead of him doing the will of God, like us, when we take our focus off him, we're doing our own thing. Now our focus is on self and what it is that we're trying to accomplish instead of and doing what God tells us to do. Now we put that noose around our neck. Now we broke, disgusted, hurt. You know, we back. We, Jesus said in the Old Testament, y'all need to move on because you've been around this mountain long enough. That's what he said. That's what he said. How, how many of us been around that mountain of nowhere Amen. long enough. Amen. Huh? Amen. See, see, let me tell you something. It ain't got nothing to do with how much money you got. It ain't got nothing to do with what kind of house you got, what kind of clothes you wear, what kind of car you drive. It ain't got nothing to do about it. It's got everything to do about what you got inside yourself with God. Amen. That's your peacemaker. Money is not your peacemaker. Sister Annie and I talked about that just a minute ago. That's not your peacemaker. You, you can make it your peacemaker, but I guarantee you it's not going to satisfy you. It's not going to do it. It is not going to do it. So here's Samson. And because of his illegitimacy in his pleasures, he destroys himself. Look at Judas is a carrier. Here is another one. Judas means praise. Is a carrier means betrayer of praise. Well, didn't he betray Jesus? He's a betrayer. So Judas is a carrier means betrayer of praise. Now, he had a problem too. He had an illegitimate pleasure. He liked silver. He liked the money. So he was enticed for 30 pieces of silver to rat Jesus out. And he did it. 
Because his illegitimate pleasure took his focus off being an apostle and put it on being a crook. An illegitimate pleasure. The love of money is the root of all evil. He had an illegitimate. Now, now all of us love money. If anybody in here say they don't love money, they're a liar and the truth ain't in them. And that's where a lot of our evil come from. Because we love it. But in order to put a cap on it, we've got to admit to ourselves that we love it. It's an illegitimate pleasure. Because all money does, the more you get, the more you want, you want more, you want more, and you're never satisfied. If you had a trillion, you still wouldn't be satisfied. You Okay, next trillion. Next trillion. Got to have more. And you can't even spend what you got. So here's Judas, betrayal of praise. Let's look at a legitimate pleasure. Job 36, 11. Book of Job 36, 11. Go with me there. Old Testament. Are we there? In the book of Job... <clears throat> 36 chapter, verse 11, it says, If, biggest word in the dictionary in the universe, if they obey and serve me. Watch this. If, now I'm talking about here, legitimate pleasures. If they obey and serve me, they shall spend their days in what? Prosperity. And their years in what? Pleasure. That word pleasure there means to be objective and sweet. The word of God says, if you obey me, mm -hmm, if you obey, and if you <clears throat> serve me, you're going to prosper in your days because it's required of me to allow you to prosper. And if you obey me, and if you serve me, you will have pleasure throughout your years. In other words, you'll have an objective life, one that is sweet. That's what Job is saying here. Well, let's go to Psalms 16:11. God, we're not going to be with you long. Psalms 16:11. And by the way, that was the first year that King James came out with the Holy Bible, the year 1611. So that's a little knowledge for you. In the book of Psalms 1611, he says, Thou will show me the path of life, God will. In thy presence is the fullness of joy. Y'all know that the joy of the Lord is my strength. Huh? And at thy right hand, there are what? Pleasures. Pleasures. How long? 
forevermore, huh? So, notice he didn't say at my left hand, because that's the hand of judgment. But at my right hand, that's the hand where you receive from. So he say, and at thy right hand are what? Pleasure. So at the right hand of God, there are pleasures forevermore. And all we've got to do is get on the right side of him by obeying him and serving him. And he will have pleasures there always for us to receive from him. Because he's got more than enough, y'all. I mean, he's got really more than we will ever need. How many of y'all know we got more now than we'll ever need? But we still want more. But we got more now than we'll ever need. Legitimate pleasure. Psalms 102 verse 14. Psalms 102 verses 14. Are we there? Psalms 102 verse 14 says, For thy servants, talking about us, take what? Pleasure in her stones. Talking about Jerusalem and Zion. And favor the dust thereof. Watch it. The servants of God take pleasure in the thoughts of peace. Because Jerusalem is the city of peace, right? So he said, now the servants of God take pleasure in Jerusalem's her stones. In other words, we take pleasure in the thoughts of peace. Because God is the author of peace and not of confusion. And so are all the churches of the saints, the Bible says. Now, and he also says that even the dust we take pleasure in. Even the dust. The rubbish. In other words, the least things of peace that peace has to offer, we take pleasure in it. Not only the greatest things, but also the least of things that peace has to offer. I'm telling you, peace is all right. And you don't know just how good peace is until chaos hits. But every once in a while, God has to allow chaos to hit in our lives so that we can appreciate. Every once in a while, God has to allow us to be broke so that we can appreciate. Every once in a while, God has to allow us to be sick so that we can appreciate being healthy. Every once in a while, God has to let us be unemployed so that we can appreciate being unemployed. Every once in a while, God has to let us go hungry a little bit so that we can appreciate. Because if we don't never get challenged by these things, we often forget how good we've got it. Amen? Mm -hmm. Well, let's look at Gideon's 300. Go to Judges 7, 4, 7. 4 through 7. Judges, Old Testament, 7th chapter. Verses 7 through 7. Book of Judges, 7th chapter, verses 7 through 
14. Or verses 4 through 7. Okay? Are we in Judges 7? Start at the fourth verse. And the, the Lord said unto Gideon, The people are yet too many. Bring them down into the water, and I will try them for thee there. And it shall be that of whom I say unto thee, This shall go with thee. The same shall go with thee, and of whomsoever I say unto thee, This shall not go with thee, the same shall not go with thee. How many of y'all know everybody can't go where you're going? Amen. Everybody can't go where we're going. Amen. That's why only a few. All you got to do is look back at Jesus. Jesus, he had 12 disciples, but most of the time he took three of them to that inner, higher place. All you got to do is check him out. Just check him out. So he brought down the people unto the water, and the Lord said unto Gideon, Every one that lappeth of the water with his tongue, and as a dog lappeth, him shalt thou set by himself. Likewise, every one that boweth down upon his knees to drink. And the number of them that lapped, putting their hand to their mouth, were three hundred men. Three represents resurrection. They had a higher calling. And all the rest of the people bowed down upon their knees to drink water. And the Lord said unto Gideon, by the 300 men that thou lapped, will I save you. Mm. See, it's that resurrected man that God going to save. It's not the one that's not resurrected. See, it's the one that's resurrected. And deliver the Midianites into thine hand. And let all the other people go, every man unto his own place. Let them go home. Let them go home. That's why when they leave house of Daniel, the Bible says, my heart, my soul take no pleasure in those that draw back. Let them go. They ain't ready. Because where we're going, you got to be ready. And if you ain't, and I'd rather be ready with one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and a few more. I'd rather be ready with them than to go to war with a bunch of skirts, and that ain't nothing against women. I'm talking about men now. Go to, go to work or go to war with a bunch of skirts that ain't ready. Amen. They ain't ready to kill nothing. You know what I mean? See, some things got to be killed. Some things got to be killed, people, in us. And some things got to be cut loose in us. Amen. Some family. Oh, come on now. Some friends. Well, some situations. Right. Some people who grin in your face and try to kill you behind your back. See, some things got to be killed. Amen. Hmm? And a man's worst enemy is in his own household. That's what God's words say. I went to Seneca. Fourth of July. Hadn't seen one of my sons. He come from Atlanta in five years. While I'm down there, I'm seeing some others. By the time, I ain't been to Seneca in seven years. Next day, I'm down in Newberry. I get a phone call from my son who's going back to Atlanta. Daddy, I heard this. I heard that. What are you talking about, boy? Say what you mean. Don't, don't waste my time. I'm in a meeting. 
Say what you got to say. You beating all around the book. Boy, say what you got to say. I don't have time to, because I ain't that kind of person. You know, don't, don't, don't beat around the bush with me. You know, you, we got to go to A to B. Don't go to C. Come back. Don't do that, because I'm going to hurt you, because I don't have that kind of time. You got to talk to me straight. You know what I'm saying? Boy, what's on your mind? Well, Daddy, you know you got a good wife. Oh, you, do you think I need you to tell me that? I married her. Oh, well, well, you, whatever it is you're doing, you need to stop. I ain't seen you in five years. I ain't been to Seneca in five years. What kind of tick have bit you down there? You, you, I'm telling you how people do. You know why they did it? Because they saw that new car out there. That's why they did it. They couldn't stand it. Oh, because of a car. That they can get. That's all it was. So they tried to castigate me. And this is what I told my son. Because he had gotten off the phone because he gets scared when he sees that I'm getting uptight. Because he don't want to make daddy uptight. Cause, not because he feared me, but because he loved me that much. You know what I mean? But he came wrong. You don't come. Hearsay is not admissible in the court of law. Understand? And people going to always try to bring your past. You see, it's people in Clemson and Seneca, where I'm from, that still see me as a bank robber, an armed robber, a drug dealer, a pimp, a drug addict. They still see me as that. It don't matter what God has done. You understand? That don't make no difference. They, no, no, he ain't, no, he ain't real. But God, every time I show up, God either got me in a new car, which don't mean nothing to me, but it means something to them. To the point where it makes them jealous. Well, I like to see all of us do good. That's what we're here for. I like seeing people do good. I try to help people do good. But don't get angry with me because I'm doing all right. But if you ever want to whoop the devil, all you got to do is do good. Just keep doing good. You'll beat the devil butt every time. You see, because some people ain't going to never let your past go. Five years, seven years, I ain't seen him or Seneca. How could they possibly know anything about me if I, huh? So it's got to be an assumption, an insinuation, and they'll do the same to you. Tom, you can go back to New York, and I guarantee you it's somebody there who still don't believe Tom made the transition that ran with you or know you from your bad days. Amen. You understand what I'm saying? They ain't going to let it go. But you've got to be able to let it go. You see? See, you've got to be able to let that go and get that away from you. You've got to learn how to cut some things loose and some people loose. And most of them are going to be in your family. Because when you're doing good, when you start doing good, boy, I'm going to tell you something. No, now... 
I don't mind him doing all right, but I don't really want to see him do good because he's been too big of a devil. Well, don't you know that the bigger the devil, the bigger the saint? Look how big a devil Paul was. So see, we have to understand these things and not let these things get to us and understand that, okay, I got to keep on moving. In other words, this here is not worth entertaining. So I text this boy back and I say, look here, son. I say, never come to me or any man with hearsay. If you ain't seen nothing, you can't prove nothing. Amen. I say, don't go by what people say about another person. I say, son, you ain't seen me, and I ain't seen you, and I ain't been to Seneca, and they show the devil ain't been up here, because I don't fool with them. So where is all this coming from? It's got to be coming from the, the devil, because the Bible say that the devil is the accuser of the brethren. Ain't that what he say, the book of Revelation? I'm up here doing my best to serve God's people, but the devil still trying to put a black spot. But I recall in the book of Chronicles where Joshua was filthy and he stood for Israel and he had a filthy garment on. And Satan, that's the first time Satan is actually called Satan in the Bible. And Satan was there before God standing trying to accuse Joshua. Look at his garment. He's filthy. And God said, this is a brand plucked out of the fire. Go change his garment. See, See you got to remember all this stuff when the enemy is coming at you. Because well, the enemy loves to run its mouth. And it will attack you with words. But the best way to whoop him is to do good. Just don't make his words be true. And don't allow your identity or don't allow your crisis in life to become your identity. Amen? Whatever your crisis is in life, you don't want that to become your identity. But in order to share that, then what you got to do is find new people. Because most of those who know you while you were in your crisis, they're not going to let that go. You might, don't, don't, don't try to satisfy them. Get you some new folk. It's plenty of them on earth. (laughs) It is. Don't you be stuck like something crazy. It's seven point something billion people on the face. Surely to God you can find some new folk. Amen? Amen. Come on. (laughs) Shoot. Better put some oil on me. <laughs> so now this man, judges and judges, Gideon, and Gideon got thirty-two thousand supposed to be soldiers, and y'all say that's too many. So he said, how many? Well, whoever want to go back home, go home. 22,000 of them left. See, when it comes time to work, didn't I tell you folks look for a loophole? That was a loophole for them to get out of the And they went. 
10,000 was still too many. He's saying, look, it's too many. We're still talking about legitimate pleasure now. So, they had been out there, and it's probably hot. They've been going around, walking and stuff, so they're tired. They need to be refreshed, right? Legitimate pleasure. So God said, take that 10,000 go down there by that, that water. Go down to the water, let them refresh themselves. That's a legitimate pleasure. But watch what happens. Watch what happens. See, a legitimate pleasure can also be an illegitimate pleasure. It just depends on the individual. Watch what happens. Now, out of that 10,000, 300 of them was resurrected. They lapped like a dog, but they, got, they kept their eye on the prize. They got refreshed, a legitimate pleasure, drinking the water, right? But they kept their eye focused on what they're supposed to do, right? That's a soldier. The rest of them got refreshed and forgot about keeping focus. What did they do? Get your head cut off. That's why whenever y'all closing y'all eyes up in there praying, I'm still walking around because I'm watching because the Bible says watch and pray. By y'all in there with y'all eyes closed, somebody come through that door and kill us all. I keep my eyes open. Bible don't tell me to close my eyes when I'm praying. That's man. Show me in there where it say close my eyes. I'll show you where it say watch and pray. <laughs> I bet you. You want to see it? Close your eyes and get your head chopped off. Woman running down the road the other day. She praying and closed her eyes and had a wreck. Ran through a house. And then they talking, but then this guy talking about, well, where was God at? I say, God ain't in that. And then I give him the scripture because God say, watch him pray. <laughs> he didn't answer back no more. See, you got to have a word for a fool that try to denounce your God. Did you hear what I say? That's why you got to study and make yourself approved where you won't be ashamed. Because some devils out here try to try you, make you ashamed of what you believe and who you believe. The devil is a stinking lie. Old fool shouldn't have had her eyes closed and praying. You up there praying, you driving a car, got your eyes closed. You crazy. No wonder you ran into the house. So wonder if you didn't kill you. And now this fool gonna talk about where was God at? Well, God ain't in that, you idiot. Cause he done told us what to do if you obey and serve me, watch and pray. She was out of illegitimate pleasure. She was praying because she liked to pray, but it was illegitimate because she took her focus. <laughs> Y'all understand what I'm saying? That thing, that, just depending on the individual. All right, honey, 9,700 of them Bowed down out of that 10,000. Took the eye of God, right? 300 of them lapped like a dog and kept their eyes focused. They got refreshed, but they kept their eye on the mark. A legitimate pleasure. When we get paid, 
We got to stay focused on the mark. I do too. Because if we don't, it'll turn into an illegitimate pleasure. Take our focus off God, and then we're in trouble. And this haunts me all the time. Because I'm not a perfect man. You know, I lose focus too, like everybody else. But I fight to make it right. Oh yeah, I fight to make it right. And guess what? You do too. If you got good sense, you fight to make it right. You know? So, so, here they are. And some turn a legitimate pleasure into illegitimate. And some turn a legitimate pleasure or illegitimate pleasure or a legitimate pleasure and it remains legitimate. Just depending on the person. Well, Nehemiah 8 tells us, Nehemiah 8.10, and I'm getting ready to close. Nehemiah 8.10 tells us that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Joy is a legitimate pleasure. Would you agree? And it keeps our focus where? On the Lord. And so he gives us strength. Because at his right hand are pleasures, right? Forevermore, right? So by being delighted in him, He's there to give us strength at all times. Amen? Amen? Now, let's go to Isaiah, last verse. Then we're out of here. Isaiah 26, verse 3. Isaiah 26, verse 3. Read something like this. He that keeps his eyes stayed on me, I will keep in perfect peace. That's a legitimate pleasure that we have to attain and maintain to keep our eyes on the Lord. Because in doing so, he gives us not peace, but he gives us perfect peace. That means that it does not matter what's going on in our life. It doesn't matter. God say, I got you. You know, I got you. Even though the storm is raging. There's a place within the storm called the eye of the storm where there's peace. That's where God wants to keep us while the storm is going on. He wants to keep us in the center of that eye. And if we can just learn that it ain't about money, it ain't about fame, it ain't about notoriety, it ain't about the quantity or size of people that you have before you is not about none of that people. It's all about God. It's all about God. And in this day and age, we've got such a blessed world with technology until, you know, it's almost like being able to reach the angels through technology, you know, the unseen. We reach the unseen through that mechanism. So my advice to all of us is to stay focused, understand the legitimacy of a pleasure and the illegitimacy of a pleasure, take a look at it, and fight to get better with it. 
And when you don't achieve the mark, don't beat yourself down. Just understand that, hey, you know, if God is not going to crucify me, then I have a dog if I'm going to crucify myself. And I have a dog if I'm going to allow anybody else to crucify me either. In other words, they can go to the you-know-what real quick. Real quick. I meant that. I ain't studying about folk. You know why? Because I know what it is that I'm going through to try to maintain. I don't have to live up. I don't even have to live up to her standard. And she my wife. Especially when I know that I'm doing... I don't care who you are. You could never know what I go through. That's my own personal journey. You can't never get that close to a person to disrespect that. Can't do it. I'll never disrespect nobody's journey. Because that's how you learn. That's how that's yours. Pastor friend of mine, Pastor Twitter used to always say, mind your business. He used to say that all the time. He used to tell them, mind your business. Because they was all in his business. Mind your business. Just mind your business. If you mind your business, I'll guarantee you, you'll have all you can handle. And, 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 and you'll still have a tiger by the tail. You'll be that dog that caught the car and bit into the tire. And the car going 60, 70 miles now. Oh, you in trouble. You in trouble trying to handle you. Amen. So it's easier for you to try to handle somebody else. And you can't even handle you. You crazy, but you don't like because the other person crazy. Well, we're all crazy. Oh, I can't get no amen. amen. Yeah, we're all crazy. And guess what? God knows we're all crazy too. He knew that from the moment. Adam and Eve sinned. He said, they're crazy. Because I told them fools. And they don't know what they did. And they didn't. And we don't know what we're doing either when we do this stuff. But we do it. But I thank God for grace. See, man can't take grace from you. Man can't take it from you. I thank God for him. Give God some praise. Come on up, brother. Give him praise. (laughs) Praise the Lord.